0: This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. say thank you to Pastor Koye for giving me this opportunity and just thank you to the church for being patient with me. So without further ado, children of God will you bow your hearts or bow your heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Lord, we say thank you for this blessed day. We give you all the glory, give all the honor, give you all the adoration. As we get into the word today, we ask and you pray that you open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, open our souls, open our bodies to receive this word. That we should not just be hearers of it, but we should be doers of this word. That we shall ingest this word, we shall digest this word. And in everything that we do, all throughout this week, all throughout our lives, we shall keep this word in our hearts. Thank you, Father, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Today, we are going to be talking about the wonderful attributes of God. Um, it's okay. We'll be patient. Okay, while we wait, um, how do we, to even talk about a person, we first have to know them. How do we know that God is real? How do we know that um, who we're talking about is even... There, who we're talking about is even like present. We don't physically see him, so how do we even know that he's real? Question. You want to raise up your hand and, and like tell me. Yes, ma? By his patience, by his creations. Anybody else? By his presence, you feel his presence. Anybody else? No. By his what? Faith, faith. By his faith. Okay. Holy Spirit bears witness. Okay. There are two ways that it is seen in the Bible that we know um, that God is there. One by his conscience, and two by his nature. Brethren, will you open with me to Romans two fifteen? Romans 2 15 says, they demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them that they are doing right. So when we say that God is in our conscience, we are saying that we each have an inner self of God's reality in our heart. So even when unbelievers say that, oh, I had this inkling that told me not to do this, or, oh, I had this thing telling me to go do this, that's God. His, his, His conscience, your conscience, he's constantly there. Even unbelievers, they have it. They call it this or that, but guess what? It's God. God's conscience, God's grace, God's goodness, it is there within you. And it's because that you have that that you're able to do what's right, what's wrong, what's this, what's that. It's God's conscience. And the second one is God's nature. When we say God's nature, um, we talk about everything that we see, from the clouds in the sky to each animal that he formed and shaped by himself to the roads, to everything that we have. God created 10 different types of clouds. Can you believe that? Like, do you even know those 10 different types of clouds? No, but God does. So he did that. So those are the two ways that we know that God is even real, through his conscience and through his nature. And now we're going to be talking, now that we know who we're talking about, now that we know who, who like, we got the gist, let's get into the word. <laughs> so we have three verse three, ver- three pinpoints today that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about God is merciful, God is love, and God is freedom. Yes. So when we get into our first one, which is God is merciful. First, I always like to start off with a definition. Even if I'm at school, it's always a definition. What is mercy? Can anybody raise their hand and tell me? Sparing somebody even though they don't deserve it. Anything else? Engage, sir. Unmerited favor, his forgiveness. Anything else that we can show God's mercy or God's grace? Okay. So when we in the definition of mercy is compassion and goodness freely given towards someone in need, and the key word here is freely that. God didn't ask you to pay. God didn't say, give me your foot, give me your leg so you can have this mercy. He just gave it to you. He just granted it unto you. Even before you were born, you already had mercy. So brethren, will you open with me today to Psalms 45 verses, 145 verse 9, 8 to 9 NIV. So the original verse says, the Lord is gracious and merciful and his mercy over all that he has made. So when we read this original verse, it's like, yes, he is. But when we apply the definition to it, look at what it becomes now. It becomes the Lord is gracious and merciful, and his compassion and his goodness is freely given all over all he has made. Freely given. He didn't ask you for anything. He didn't want anything. He said freely given. So I'm going to give you all an example. This happened to me like two years ago during quarantine. I had soccer practice and we were doing a soccer game. And we were doing a practice soccer game against my team members. And then I had gotten the ball, but then I did the one thing they say never look do. I looked down and I didn't see my other, the opposing team coming towards me. And they'd stolen the ball from me and I had fallen. But I fell on these two fingers. So all of my body weight, it went on these two fingers, and my hand was swollen, as you can see. I couldn't feel it, I couldn't move it, it was immovable. And I had to go to, um, I woke up my dad the next day, I was like, okay, I'm just being dramatic, it'll be okay. So I had to go to my dad the next day and say I physically couldn't move it. We went to the doctors, they said it was fractured but then they said they would give us results they called us and said that it was fractured but then the next day they called. we went to a different doctor and they said that nothing was broken that nothing everything was okay that I could still play in my game the next day and guess what I did I won we did it so it was God's but guess what my friend who had tripped the next day for our practice she tripped on a rock she sprained her ankle it wasn't me I Felt my whole body on my hand and my writing hand and everything was okay. God's mercy was there. (laughs) Like, what else could it be? Magic? No, it was God's mercy that was there. So then the next point that we'll be talking about is God is love. So, again, what do y'all think the definition of love is? Raise your hand, guys. Selflessness, anything else? Caring. Giving passion unto anybody else and not expecting anything else in return. Come on, guys. I know y'all know what love means. Accepting everyone. Enduring. One more one more <laughs> I like you. Okay, that's that's physical love. Okay. Okay. Okay, so the definition of love is means that God is constantly giving himself so that we can benefit benefit and be well. When we think of God, we always say, "Oh, may God's love be with you," or "God loves you." Like when I'm not smiling, my mom's always like, "Jesus loves you." <laughs> okay but what does it actually mean it means that um, let's look at romans 5 8 first and it says god shows his love for us so that while we were sinners christ died for us so when we look at this we see that um here it is found what love is that christ died for us if okay so think about it when someone was beating him people were beating him people he died for people who were beating him. He died for people who ridiculed him. He died for people who called him this and that. Could you even die for your best friend? Would you even think of your best friend if they say, okay, who wants to die, you or your best friend? Are you going to say me? Be truthful, man, church. No, y'all not going to say me. So if God was able to die for people who hated him, who didn't even want to speak his name, who did this and that to him, then isn't that love? Is love? Thank you. Thank y'all for responding. (laughs) Okay. Then we look at um when you think of love, you think of God's unchanging and never ever enduring, uh, never ending nature of love. So when we look at First John three sixteen, it says, "This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for." our brothers and sisters. Meaning that when we say we're supposed to embody Christ, when we say we're supposed to be like Christ, we have to show love. But how truly are you going to show love if you're not even able to uh, be there for your fellow brother or sister? If it was to say, oh, my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ, but then when you see them in the store, you look the other way. Y'all have done it before. Don't, don't act like you haven't. I've done it too. It's okay. But you have to You have to embody that love at school. You have to embody that love at work. You have to embody that love not only in church, even in church. Some of you don't even say hi to your fellow brother and sister because either you don't know their name or you just don't want to talk to them. But now, everybody, after this service is over, go hug everybody. Let's go to the second. At least not even a hug. At least wave their direction or pretend to wave their direction. But let's go into the third. Well, we have to know that if, yeah, next one, God is freedom. When we think of freedom, what do we think of? What's the definition of freedom or what associates God with freedom? What we want to do. Giving us the ability to choose what we want to do. Anybody else? Choir. The ability to make decisions by yourself and own the decisions that you make. One more. The ability that God has given us to choose what we want to do. Well, in this definition, it says that freedom is the ability to fulfill one's destiny, to function in the terms of one's ultimate goal. And when we think of that, it's God' freedom is God giving us the ability for our destiny. God is letting us fulfill that destiny. God is giving us a destiny to even look forward to that we're able to function in it, we're able to reach that ultimate goal. Imagine if we didn't have a purpose. Imagine if we didn't have a goal. Imagine if God just wanted God didn't love us or give us freedom and he just wanted us to live this life not knowing anything. He gave us the Bible, he died for us. He did all of this yet we don't know we're free. Can you When we think of freedom, you think of, oh, I got to go drive my car without my mom thinking of me. Or, oh, I have my own apartment now. But do you truly know the price God paid for freedom? Before he was crucified, they, they flogged him. And when I say flog, I don't mean getting hit by a bell or a wooden paddle. I mean getting hit by a whip with bones in them. And you know what the Romans did? They counted how many times it would take someone to be flogged before they died. And then they did one less than that. So they would be on the brink of death, but not death. So that's what they did to God. They got a whip with bones in it. And they whipped him until he was on the brink of death. But then they couldn't kill him. And then... They nailed him on his cross by his palms. They put a crown of thorns on his head and they threw things at him. They called him names. Yet God did it. Jesus died so that we could have freedom. Jesus died so that we could fulfill our destiny, fulfill a, a go towards an ultimate goal. Jesus did that for us. Are we not free? Are we not free. We are free. So when we, if we go on to the next verse, being free, what does it mean to be free in God? Being free in God means that you are free from the shackles and chains of sin. You are free from sickness. You are free from disease. You are free from every depression, every decimation, everything that's trying to hold you down, everything that is trying to claim your destiny, anything that is trying to take away your ultimate goal. It's trying to get you into hell. It's like that snake. You are free from that. Because Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for the remission of our sins. So we have freedom. We should claim it today. We should speak it today. We should proclaim it today. That we have freedom. Who has freedom? I have freedom. I have freedom. Say it with passion. I have freedom. Okay, then freedom in a sense is not free because Jesus paid the ultimate price. We already know that. We talked about it. But just in your day-to-day life, know that I have freedom because Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for admission of our sins. So the freedom we feel in Christ is something like no other. It's a true sense that it's true in a sense that man couldn't understand. If we look at John eight thirty-two to 36, I'm going to paraphrase it. So Jesus said that, um, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then these dudes were like, is he for real? Is, is Does he know what he's saying? We are children of Abraham. We've been free. We've never been a slave to anybody. Like, how are you going to say we're free when we've been free? Do you, do you see any shackles on my body? No, I'm already, I've always been free. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But he said that, I tell you that everyone who sinned is a slave to sin. Everybody sinned. Don't, don't try to lie. Even lying is a sin. So... You know that you are a slave to sin. And a slave is, he said, a slave is not a permanent member of a family. Meaning that it is replaceable. They are replaceable. They can easily be killed off or this or that. But a son is a permanent member. So when the son says you are free, you are free indeed. And guess who is the son? Jesus Christ is the son, and he has said that you are free. So claim your freedom today. Claim your freedom every day. Claim your freedom in everything and all things that you do. You are free. Are you free? You are free. So then we go to the last one. The wonderful and glorious privilege of freedom is ours because we have been redeemed by Jesus Christ who lives within us. Who lives within us? It is within me. It is within you, it is within your child, it is within your husband, your wife, every single person. But you have to remember that everything that you do, that Christ is within you and you have freedom. So no matter what limit, what, what limit man puts on you, God has not put a limit on you. God has not put a limit on your grace. God has not put a limit on your glory. God has not put a limit on your purpose. God has not put a limit on how much you can do. How much skill you have, how much you can achieve. So when your boss says you can't do this, well God says that you can do this. When your teacher says that you can't get an A, God says you can get in Hey, When your teacher says you can't get into Harvard, God says you can get into every Ivy League school that you want to. You can do anything in Christ and you will achieve because you are free. we look at the takeaways of today first of all can y'all tell me what the three things we learned were (laughs) thank y'all for listening okay so our three takeaways are today is that the mercy of God is unfailing and never-ending you are never too far gone from his mercy Claim it and receive it. That in everywhere you go, God's mercy is with you. Everywhere you go, God's love is upon you. That it says, even if you don't know God, God still loves you. Nothing can take you away from the love of God. Nothing can keep you away from just him. Because he's always there. He's here right now. He's when you're in the restroom, when you're doing everything you need to do, God is there. Even if you don't want to admit it, he's there. So... Jesus has suffered the consequences so that we didn't have to. He has proved and declared it time and time again that when we are in him we are free. We are free from pain, we are free from burden, we are free from sickness, we are free from disease, from loneliness, accept God and claim your freedom. Will you accept God today? Will you claim your freedom today? Will you claim his love today? Will you claim his mercy today? If you are free, jump up and say that you are free, that you claim his free. that you claim his love, that you claim his mercy, that God's mercy is with you, that God's freedom is with you, that God's love is within you. Proclaim it today. Pray it today. Say that I am free. free. Are you free? free. Are you free? free. Are you free? free? free. Thank y'all. So, then the last part I have for you today is a little excerpt from a song. It says, I don't have to talk, the Lord defends me. I watched him fall, all fall for coming against me. Cause me and all his angels shut the devil up. When he was trying to pull me down, I leveled up. I leveled up twice. I leveled up three times. He tapped me and told them, she's mine. <laughs> I breathed success in and out of my lungs. I got the power of life and death coming out of my tongue. You have power, you have freedom. You have success because you are God's child. You are his holy one. You are the one he has made. He has created. He has known. You are the apple of his eye. You are the only one he calls daughter. You are his. He loves you in everything that you do. He sees you in everything that you do. He sees your tears. He sees your brokenness. And he says, rise up daughter. Rise up son. I know you. You are mine. I have comforted you nothing can be against you for i am with you nothing can stop you for i have set you above a hill that cannot be hidden your light will shine your grace will shine your glory will be known because god has set you above you are free and you are free indeed nothing can take that away from you your love is always his love is always there his mercy is always there his goodness is always there and nothing will Will you bow your hearts for a word of prayer? Heavenly Lord, we say thank you for this blessed day. We say thank you for you've made it to be a day that we can rejoice. We say thank you for we're not crying, we're not mourning, we're not sad, but we're happy. We're joyful, we're worshiping you and your holy name because you have given us breath in our lungs today. You have given us movement of the body today. We're able to get here safe and soundly. We're able to go safe and soundly. You have proclaimed this day to be a good day. And we say thank you for the life that you've given us, for the life you let us live. How many years that we've been on the earth is because of you, your grace, your glory, your mercy, your kindness, and has been watching over us. And Father, we say thank you. Father, we say thank you. As we go about our day this week, you be with us in the name of Jesus Christ. You watch over us in the name of Jesus Christ. You cover your blood upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. You give us anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. That wherever they go, they shall see the light of the Lord upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. And whenever they say our limits is this or that, you are say that we are free and we are above that. We are above that. We are above that. We have proclaimed it, that we will be the head and not the tail, that we will be first and not last, that we will be a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden in the name of Jesus Christ. Our light will shine. Your glory will be known, and nobody else shall be praised but you. Nobody else shall be known but you. Thank you, Lord, for this blessed day. Thank you, Lord, for this blessed week. Thank you, Lord, for this blessed month. In Jesus' wonderful, in Jesus' precious, in Jesus' mighty, in Jesus' great name we have praised. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.